0: Trademarks owned by Beckel AB to CV, 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
1: San Antonio district judge resigns after a
2: federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio, Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it?
1: I did it because I was foolish.
2: Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever
1: you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I, I love them. I can't
2: get enough of them. Let's hear that Boston the next.
1: Big job there for Duffy.
3: They're a couple of absolutely
1: self-involved bulls**t Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Headshot,
0: bang, Oh, good to be back. So good to be back with these two gentlemen. Although you guys really showed the world that you can realize a lot of success without me. So I think we saw the future of the oh, Anik and Florian podcast hosted by Brian. Oh, Petrie. stop. Great to be back though, Tuesday, November 15th. <laughs> The year is 2022. It's episode 373 of the Anakin Florian podcast, brought to you in part today by UFC Fight Pass. Next month, a -a one-of-a-kind UFC documentary about the challenging upbringing of UFC strawweight champ Rose Nami Yunus, former UFC strawweight champ. Shout out to Zhang Wei Li, right? Will land on Fight Pass after debuting at the Austin Film Festival. Thug Rose, mixed martial artist, drops on Fight Pass this month, examining the adversity and triumphs of one of the UFC's brightest stars coming to UFC Fight Pass in November. Ray Longo joins us off the top today. Ken Flo is here. Thank you guys for doing two episodes this week.
4: Uh, John, for you, we do five episodes. All right. So (laughs) I got to be real. And nobody has the gift of gab like you, buddy. I'm listening more and more to you. I don't know where you're pulling this stuff from, but it's so smooth and organic and beautiful.
0: Well, thank you, man. It means a lot. It truly does. I'm really I'm I'm humbled by your words. Uh, I really am. Uh, So. That was as sick as I have been day of show since Bellator 10, which took place Friday, June 5th, 2009 in Ontario, California. Right. But what are you going to do? Right. You know, Kenny and Ray. Right. Like it's like if you're coaching or you're commentating or some jobs in most jobs. Right. There's no calling in sick. Right. Obviously, if I woke up show day, I mean, I did put it on my boss's radar that maybe if the voice can't go, we could, you know, but like dude i woke up saturday i was like this is gonna be a nightmare on a headset for sure, eight yeah. hours you know we got through it though Dang. somehow
4: Because yeah, so- I, I woke up friday like the same way and i didn't think i was making the fight and then by friday afternoon i turned the corner like a miracle and then i was kind not back to normal but definitely back i knew i was going and everything was going to be good but everybody was sick everybody parvola was sick the week before or two weeks before i, I must have got it from him it just went right around the gym, so it was nuts.
0: Yeah. That's well, going around. Ali yep. saved the day. Yeah, I hear it a little bit in Ken Flo's voice, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. Person. Congested. Yeah. Congested. All right. So we're going to try to fill in some of the gaps. I tried to ingest most of what you guys did on Sunday for UFC 281, but ultimately, that's why I was not here. I was uh, I was literally unable to do the show. I had no voice. So uh, you guys talked about the fight, Alex Padeda. And Israel Adesanya, I hope the Anakin Florian podcast listeners enjoyed my shout out of Kenny Florian at the end of the fight. It was not done purposively. I didn't intend to shout him out. Right. But all week I had Kenny in the back of my mind because he said, despite picking Adesanya, that he had to be perfect for 25 minutes. And Padeda absolutely unequivocally did not need to be perfect. So when the fight played out that way, how are you not going to shout out your guy? Uh, so, again, for the for the Ken Flow haters, I don't know what to tell you, you know, go back, watch that fight. You're going to fucking hear Kenny Florian's name. Wait, <laughs>
4: Ken Flo- wait a minute. Kent flow as haters. <laughs> <I> oh, <know. laughs> I do. Oh, I, I do. I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs>
0: I just like to have fun. He does not have a lot of people uh, in the hate column as it were. Okay. So you guys talked about the fight, but in terms of spinning this thing forward, I thought it was interesting, Ray, what you said about the rematch, maybe not happening anytime soon. And I'm sort of aligned with you. Certainly Adesanya has earned a rematch and you can be sure that for a promotion that likes to keep their champions active with a new champion they want a title defense right so if adesanya is going to be willing to turn around in three or four months or six months for international fight week in nine whatever it is then i think that's the fight that they are going to make but ray don't if you're adesanya right i mean with your fat bankroll and everything else maybe do you risk marinating this thing with potato a little bit let him go fight somebody see if whitaker and costa let that fight happen in february i don't know if i'm out of sanya i lay back in the cut a little bit it's not like it's kamar usman leon edwards that you have to strike right now for the rematch right what do you think about the timeline for a potential second slash fourth meeting uh between these budding rivals
4: no i think he should wait unequivocally because i tell you now you got you got a couple of different components you right First, I think he made a mistake by saying the calf kicks bothered him because the the guy can kick as well as he could punch. So that's a mistake. Uh, It's psychologically now. I mean, I could see you rectifying the wrong with the kickboxing and winning this fight. But now you even lost an MMA in a pretty dramatic fashion. Uh, And plus, you know, this guy, you know, looks like he was pacing himself because he never was five rounds before. He was patient. And... When he had to turn it up, he turned it up, and now I think he knows what to expect out of the wrestling a little bit, so I think it's a mistake if he jumps in there within four months. I just don't think he's winning the fight. I think this guy's gonna even cut him off even you know further, even though you know it's funny in this game how he might have had Carrera out in the first round. or Was it the first round? Yeah, with like another 10 seconds and his life is completely, not completely different. Look, I love his, the way Izzy talks. He, I think he puts everything in perspective, but getting back to your point, I still wouldn't rush that fight because I think there's more stuff now than even in the beginning. Like There might have been like a psychological disadvantage. Now I think there definitely is. Now he's got ghosts that... I don't think they're gonna go away that time soon. Let's let Pereira fight somebody else. Let him sit back, look at the fight, um, then come up with something else. Uh, that's the way I think. There was a there was a lot, you know. Even I think they kind of referenced that he wasn't even ready for this fight. And the I mean not not Izzy, that you know, it was too soon for Pereira, he didn't deserve it, but look what happens in MMA, man. It's crazy. So I would I if I'm them, I wait a little bit. I know Izzy's a fighter, and I know he probably isn't as caught up in the wins and losses as the rest of the people are, but I right. still would wait because I don't know what would change. I mean, you, you got to remember, even that wrestling exchange, Kenny, that was set up by Pereira, just sucking almost. You know what I mean? What he'd go for, yeah. a, the old schoolboy trip, and he ends up, it looked like a scene out of a high school wrestling, <laughs> your uh, high school fist fight in the huh. schoolyard, right? So he's going to make some corrections. If he doesn't go for that, Right in the clinch. Maybe he wins that third round. Maybe it's two one going into the four. Who knows? But that round was a disaster. And the fact that he was able to come back from the worst possible case ever. I think he's just gonna give that guy more confidence.
1: Can't flop. Yeah, definitely. Listen, um, I I agree with a lot of what Ray is saying. I think that there's a lot of benefits to Adesanya, uh, hanging back, waiting for things to play out a little bit. Let him, first of all, recover. That, that is a fight. Any 25 minute fight or, you know, 20 minute plus fight that you're involved in in MMA takes a toll on you. There was never a fight that I had that went five rounds where I wasn't, um, peeing stuff that, uh, didn't look like urine. It's your body has gone through a pretty intense, um, situation. So, um, you know, so there's that aspect, let your body recover a little bit. Also, uh, train from a training perspective, Adesanya is going to have an extremely difficult time. If he cannot isolate, uh, that leg kick, that calf kick, he needs an answer to that calf kick. Uh, for me, I think you need to kind of look and study, uh, someone like a Jose Aldo, who, in my opinion, has the best answer to a calf kick that that I've seen. I think he's probably the only one, to be honest, uh, one of the true masters of the sport. Uh, Izzy, check it out. Um, and then the other thing, you have to be able to isolate that left hook of Pereira, which is no easy task. That's not an easy answer. So there's a lot of problems that Pereira poses. Um, and I think, you know, Ray talking about the confidence factor is significant as well. Uh, you know, you're going into this fight now 0-3 oh, against a guy who, you know, can make a lot of adjustments himself. So, yeah, let maybe let, let Pereira uh, take a fight in between. Give yourself time to recover. Give yourself time to train, evolve, get better. Um, and uh, I, I do hope we see that rematch, though. That's the one to me.
0: And Ray has said something to the effect of, I don't know what would change on both of our episodes this week. And I would just submit to you and throw it back. That is, he was up three one. So even though I expect a better potato in their second UFC meeting, whenever that materializes. You know, I think adesanya has got a great chance to beat him in their next UFC meeting. I really do. And I do believe, Ray, you're right, that he's not all caught up in the wins and losses. You know, I believe he has said he's going to fight him twice more. And even if he goes down four nil. In this series, it's really 2-0. And Adesan is probably going to beat a lot of these other middleweights. I think another question that beckons is how long can Alex Padeda actually make middleweight and sustain title fight in and title fight out? But in terms of the work ethic and the commitment, he's absolutely committed and he's all in. Let me ask you guys this. All right. Yeah. Seemingly, there's going to be a pay-per-view, right? Involving Leon Edwards and Kamar Usman at some point, right? Dana White is perpetually asked about this. Cardiff Wales. Potentially seems to be the spot, right? He was asked again after UFC 281. Seemingly, they want to do Hamza Chimaev and Colby Covington, right? I don't know what Colby's appetite is for that fight, right? Hamza Chimaev versus Bilal Muhammad makes a lot of sense underneath Kamar Usman and Leon Edwards as well, right? But... If you want to turn around your new champion, Alex Pereira, is it not out of the realm of possibility that you give Hamza Chimayev a UFC middleweight championship opportunity at some point in time next year? I mean, it's not as though we're not doing a pay-per-view in April. It's not as though there's not going to be a pay-per-view in May. I believe Adesanya and Pereira and an immediate rematch has plausibility for sure. But again, it's not as though the promotion is without options, even though Whitaker and Costa are... Booked up right now, and it doesn't seem like there's an obvious number one middleweight contender other than Izzy Ray Longo. Uh, we'll start with you.
4: Yeah, well, well first off, uh, 100% Izzy deserves the rematch. I just don't think that was good. What was the other the other question in there with uh, Comzad? I mean, the problem is Comzad, I don't think there's a worse matchup for Pereira. I mean, this is what the promotion has to think about. Like, right? You know, after watching those you know the uh floor exchanges and the jujitsu and the wrestling you got to have wrestlers in that division just licking their chops that are not gonna this this is crazy and and if they gave Pereira the the title shot with hardly any fights then Kamzat deserves the you know he's done enough to deserve the uh the shot too in his short period of time in here but uh yeah, I'm not sure what the hell the question was again. Well, was Kenny, there?
0: I think it's simplistic when people suggest that Robert Whitaker's just g- going to come in and and chain takedowns against Alex Padeda and hold him down for 25 minutes. Like, I'm not suggesting that Alex Padeda is some otherworldly wrestler nor grappler. <laughs> but let's not pretend he's not putting in daily work with Glover Teixeira. Let's not pre- pretend he's not physically strong. Um, what are your thoughts on? I mean, I don't think that Padeda like runs roughshod through the rest of this division. But do you think Whittaker just goes out and wrestles him to death? Like, what are your thoughts on all that?
1: I, I think he could. I, I think it's possible. Um, I, I really do. I, I think that, you know, Pereira is not going to be an easy out for anyone, though. you right. Uh, I think that Whitaker has the ability to utilize his ability to get close, hit those takedowns, control them uh, and, and maybe hit a submission on them. Um, I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park. Uh, in regards to the Hamzat uh, Shimaev situation, I do think that if Izzy decides to lay back, that Whitaker would deserve it over Hamzat simply because he's been the guy who's been consistent in that division. And it might be a tough sell to fans um, to say, hey, here's Hamzad who's been competing mostly at 170 pounds uh, to come right in and, and kind of steal that opportunity. Can he beat Alex Pereira? Yeah, he might be uh, the worst matchup for him in that division. Does he deserve it? That's a different question. So, I don't know. And, and for Chumaev, I want to see him kind of come out with, with a, a definitive decision. like, And maybe he has, and I'm not Privy to it, but you know, has he come out and said, "Hey, I'm going to compete at 185 pounds, or I'm not ready to close the door at 170 pounds yet"? Just commit either way, and that way, I think it would help fans, the UFC. Uh, and, and the champions of the respective divisions know what they're up against.
0: So his camp really wants him to be committed to a championship run at 170 pounds. So oh, okay. I think that seems to be the course of action. But okay, Robert Whitaker though. has said repeatedly that he owes Perth a fight because he wasn't able to compete there. And he mm-hmm. is fighting Paolo Costa here in a couple months. So because he has a fight on the book, I kind of sort of pivoted, you know, and then right. when you look at the top 10, there really isn't anybody else, right? I'd almost go down to like Andre Niz right because he's been so perfect but I believe he has see a Brad Tavares potentially no Tavares I don't know either way it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with Padeda because one thing that I don't think they have the appetite for is to shelve him indefinitely to try to preserve some immediate rematch without a I also wanted to just have the chance to say this and Kenny I don't know if you have anything to add on the back out back end but just about Israel Adesanya's humility because people when I use that word To describe him they just don't understand yet everybody in the fight game you hear ray longo talk about him just a really decent good guy who treats most everyone i've seen like gold i can't speak to his relationship with the fan base but just a a really good person and a great champion and if you watch the pay-per-view you heard me say at the outset he's essentially headlined 20 percent of all ufc pay-per-views since he became the man so i don't necessarily know what people are looking for yes some of his title defenses um, have been one-sided and maybe therefore not all that entertaining. But um, I don't know. I, I just want you know to say to the champ, since I know he's listening, shine on, my man. Thanks for listening.
1: Absolutely. John, so many times you can see when you see someone at um, uh, what they do, you know, you see them at their job. It tells a lot about them as an individual, yeah. right? Of Who they are, what they're all about. And Izzy, to me, uh, demonstrates an intelligence, a sophistication, Um, and just a a work ethic that I think, uh, has defined him, uh, inside and outside of the cage, the things that he says, the emotional intelligence, the perspective, how grateful he is. I'm going to be the same person now. Nothing really changes. I'm going to go right back, right back at it. I have a passion for this game. You know, I'm going to bounce, I'm going to bounce back. He's a fighter through and through, man. Um, and I love that about him. Um, and, uh, you know, Pereira, a great champion in his own Right. Um, I hope we see those two added again. Uh, but I agree with you, John, that uh, Izzy, a lot of time. you know, a lot of times you see champions become more loved, more beloved by the fans after a loss, similar yep. to Muhammad oh, Ali. Yeah. Um, and I think Adesanya, you know, after this loss showed the kind of class and humility uh that is going to get him even more respect and love from the fans yeah
4: let me just say man, just a grounded person you could tell he's surrounded by good people and he just look he speaks well you know can you know what it reminds me of and you could appreciate this you're a martial art instructor right with the jujitsu but it's like you know one of your students coming to you i got a black guy and he's like oh you know sensei how, how the hell did you get a black guy like, what are you talking about you know i'm sparring like <laughs> like you know people look right. at it differently izzy right. knows what the deal is, yeah, you could win. You could lose yes. it's the fucking that's the sport. But yeah. other people, you know, when they put you on a pedestal, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And, you know, I've seen it. You know, I got that from one of my fighters when I was really, really young and, and teaching coming up that, you know, he would spar anybody. He didn't give a shit like what, what, if he did good, he did bad. But it is what it is, man. You know, you got to put yourself in there and then you understand. You're like, what are you talking about? Of course, I got a black guy. The guy, yeah. hit me. you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, is that they just can't fathom it though? You you know what I'm kind of talking about? Absolutely. Kenny? And I think hey, yeah, that's I know. What, what is he's doing? He's a fighter, and this is oh, what happens. Hundred fights. You don't win them all. You know. Hundred percent. Now yeah.
1: you're talking about the best, the best versus the best. The tough, the toughest style matchups, right? Yeah,
4: without a doubt. And a guy that hits like a freaking freight train. The beast with everything. Any any punch, right or left hand.
0: Last thing I just wanted to say, perhaps I had maybe a slight tick more of an issue with the stoppage than my broadcast partners, but I don't Mm -hmm. largely have an issue with the stoppage. Instead, I want to acknowledge Mark Goddard, right, because in an era in which referees and I don't know if Kenny and Ray, you agree with this, but in an era in which referees are universally praised or seemingly so to me for letting fights go too long. And having longer leashes than ever and trending in that direction, Mark Goddard doesn't give a shit about your feelings or public perception or social media. He's trying to protect the fighter. So shout out to Mark Goddard for doing that. And I don't believe that anything would have been different had he let this one go five more seconds. And Izzy take one more shot? I think the outcome at that point was an eventuality.
4: And, and, and he force on take, the stoppage. And John, it's not take one more shot. It's take one more shot from a fucking killer.
0: Well, of course, what if he yes. hands
4: a, a knee right up, his, you know, like he puts his nose on the other side of his head and yeah. he's out longer with that? I think uh, Goddard did a good job and he did it. He did it his job and that's what he's supposed to do. But he took some big shots. Was he still moving? Yeah, but it wasn't. You, know, you could well, look. He, that's the way he moves, right? He was just a way yeah. slower version. You know what I mean? And that's why you can't yeah. put a guy after he gets hit like that and let him, you know, the cage might have been holding him up. You're right? If that's in the middle of the octagon, maybe he is down. I don't know, but that you got to look at what's on the other side, too. You got a guy that really hits like a mule,
0: yeah, no, that's a good point. Kempla?
4: yeah, I'm glad you brought up, brought it up. I, I think that
1: Mark Goddard is a very experienced referee who always does a tremendous job. I didn't think it was a bad stoppage. I thought that Izzy was clearly hurt. I think that it was only a matter of time before Pereira landed another big one. He did have the time to do it. Um, As a guy who had picked Adesanya, I would have liked to seen it go, um, you know, a little bit longer and also based on Adesanya and what he showed in other fights against Gastelum, he would say, Hey, you know, come on, he could take more damage. Is that the right choice though? I don't think so. And I think that, you know, We're going to get a better rematch in the future because of that. Um, You know, what was it just a a boxing – a boxer who just died or just went into a coma recently? It was kind of a high-profile boxing fight. These things do happen where fighters can go into comas, especially when you get a guy like a Pereira after 20-something minutes of of going back and forth where the guy could potentially end your life. It is serious. We forget about that. Um, Adesanya is now preserved for, you know, hopefully a a better fight, is able to train better in the future. We've seen it so many times where fighters go too long. They let the, you know, the referee lets it go too long. They get knocked out clean and now they're not the same guy. They don't have the same chin, all that stuff. So uh, I did not have a problem uh, with, with the stoppage, especially when I went back and watched, I said, ah, yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. I got
4: to tell you, like, again, you mentioned Gastelum, but this is a guy. That look—it's it's like yeah, uh, Chandler yeah. against uh, Poirier. You, you know those those were kind of like arm punches. His hands are up; he's covering. This guy had no hands, yeah. nowhere near his head. Again, and and as a ref, you got to take into consideration who's in front of you. I mean, the guy was massive in there next to Adesanya. I thought anyway, and and we know where he could hit by what he's done to everybody coming up. So, you know. I think there's a big difference if it's Kelvin in there or, or uh, Pereira, yeah. and I just think you can't take that shot. He took some. He took an uppercut that set it. I mean, even that was, it was nasty it was out. And then the yeah. left hook. You know what? With Izzy was doing good the whole fight because of that uppercut. That hand dropped, and then he got smashed with the hook. Just too much punishment. It's not worth it at all.
0: We have so many things to get to. I'm getting anxious. Like, how are yeah. we going to get to all of this stuff in the next 25 minutes? Longo said to us before the show that he had until 3 p.m. Eastern, unless it was, like, wicked interesting, in which case what? In which case maybe your, your private Joey from fucking Queens will <laughs> wait a second or what? <laughs> if it's really good, Joey yeah. from Queens, we're going to go with 3.15. I'm having a good time it's on a podcast today.
4: Joey fucking mortgage is waiting for me in there. You is sense? it really, I Joey?
3: I, I, no, I
0: can't ah. <laughs> so in our final few minutes i don't even know where to go i'm I'm not going to mention this uh you know what i'm going to do this dustin poirier is is a gangster okay i couldn't possibly have enough respect buckets of respect for both of the gentlemen in this fight but i just want to center on poirier for a second right needed needed the third round gets a finish in whatever type of rivalry setting this was right but then goes over to michael chandler after the fact right and says hey man like this is my house okay i've been in here 30 fucking times and i guess chandler said back to him at first like oh madison square garden and like no uh the octagon right the ufc octagon been in here 30 fucking times you know um and i just feel like for poirier right like you know, he put a lot on the line in this fight, right? You can understand, Kenny, why an established UFC crit- contender on his level, former interim champion, wouldn't want to fight Michael Chandler in Chandler's UFC debut, right? Right. A guy that potentially is going to get fast tracked, even though we all understand the nature of his accomplishments outside the UFC. Um, And obviously, it's a dangerous fight because of Chandler's explosivity and everything else. Um and DP does it again, man. You know, I mean, this dude's legacy to me uh, and and candidly, like and he does it and he's he gets hurt and he's still like George St. Pierre probably never got as hurt as DP got like in this fight alone. You know, um, I just uh, all hail Dustin Poirier for me on a Tuesday morning. That's all.
1: It, what, uh, just, just, an, a, just, yeah. just an insane amount of durability on the part of Dustin Poirier. Uh, and he's it, this isn't his first rodeo. This isn't his first fight that was like this. He's been in so many scraps uh, and I think maybe in a time when he was younger he didn't have uh, maybe the confidence or or the mindset to push his past through these things now it's these fights that kind of define him which I think is just fascinating Um Dustin Poirier is a stud through and through. He was down two rounds. He, he, he wasn't going to get the decision. He needed to finish. Was able to do that I, against another savage in Michael Chandler. Uh, and, you know, for me, it, it's why I picked him. He's more consistent. He's more level-headed. He fights to win. He doesn't yeah. care about entertaining. He wants to kick your ass, and it doesn't matter. Uh He's like a cat, dude. He's got like nine lives. Somehow he finds a reserve
4: tank. Over and over and over again in a fight. Congratulations, Dustin Poirier, man. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Resiliency times 100. It's just insane. And he's done it before. It's not like, again, like Kane said, it's not his first rodeo. He's been there before. And experience matters, man. When you've been there, it's nothing new to you. And you know you're going to get through it. And he had the right cornering. They told him, you know, this guy doesn't belong in there with you. You got to finish the fight. And, you know, like, you know, we saw some really – great inspirational cornering this weekend also and uh mm-hmm. those guys at att with does them were part of it also uh just you can't i can't say enough i really don't know him that well but man i i just knew you knew this was going to be an exciting fight yeah <laughs> just, he he fights to win but man is that guy in exciting fights you know because he fights other guys that are there to entertain and that combination seems to be a home run
0: I probably have more like personal text messaging with chandler but i consider both of them friends but i just can't help but have so much love for poirier and the way he just approaches things pre-fight post-fight like not here to make friends you know like and obviously like he expressed some respect on the back end did poirier which i liked like i was scared to fight you you know healthy fear and um i just thought it was a fascinating dynamic and you know i believe humbly that i was the first one to coin you know your favorite fighter's favorite fighter perhaps not but i said justin gaethje is your favorite fighter's favorite fighter and i think dustin poirier is very much cut from that cloth and certainly michael chandler is too but like if you I mean, how is Dustin Poirier not your favorite fighter on the short list? I mean, that guy's unbelievable. So, um, And for Chandler, you know, I thought Ken Flo was just brilliant without me. It made me really think on Sunday, wow, like Kenny's so good when I don't have to listen to John Anik with him. But you talked about energy expenditure for Michael Chandler, right? Like, can you just take him down and put him down? And like, if you're going to wrestle, yeah. um, the takedown doesn't need to have all this amplitude.
1: Yeah. I, listen, I, I don't know if it's him saying, hey, I, I'm going to try to knock him out with this slam. I, you know, I don't know if he thinks he's the Incredible Hulk or something. And he might be. I mean, he's physically gifted. Um, or he's just so enchanted with trying to uh, excite the fans that he just can't do anything else. And the thing is, you know, I, I think it's the latter because, you know, he wrestled D1. He knows what it means to take someone down and control him. But he gets in that cage, man, and he, it's like he just becomes an entertainer. Um,
4: yeah.
1: and it, it, it's tough, but he, he's a hilarious guy. He came out with that video. He had the ice on his face, the ice bag on his face, and he's talking to his kids and he's yeah, explaining. Yeah. To them. He's like, highly recommend you don't go into this line of work. But he, so he, he's funny, man. I, it's hard not to like the guy, but you, you gotta he's love him. But he's the man. He's the uh. man. He's so, here's what's frustrating is he's so capable of being a world champion in this sport. In the UFC, he could do it. He is so physically gifted. He's got the sparring partners. He's got the camps. He's got the coaches. He can do it. It's just he lets it slip through his fingers, and it's his own doing. It's not anything other than
4: him just being a a maniac. Yeah, Yeah. He goes from like UFC fighter to WWE superstar, (laughs) (laughs) like in a split second. You know what I mean? And that's it. I don't know. I mean, you could see when he did use his wrestling in the second round, he was very successful. Uh, yeah. I don't know. He's just what a great guy. I mean, I just wish the best for him always because he's so inspired. I could watch this guy work out Kenny every day. I, I'm blown away by this guy's work ethic. But uh, he's got a he's got he's got to figure a couple of things out, which I think are yeah. easily correctable. I really do. Right. right. He needs yeah. to be talked to and over and over and over again and you know get him to yeah. stop just losing his shit right in the middle of the fight
0: do you have yeah. three do you have three more minutes yeah i got, have two for you on the way out okay five, number five. one did you see uh did you see Hanato Moikano's post-fight interview oh. after he beat brad
4: <laughs> love it <laughs> that is don't the greatest post fight interview about, in UFC
0: history it. Kenny I don't know if you saw it did you see I it? did I did and I don't <laughs> how many of the f-bombs made it through
1: I'll, all of them
0: I heard all of them I think okay. everything yeah yeah a yeah. lot of it made it yeah. through what, were you watching on ESPN news or plus or fight Pat what where were we watching yeah, plus yeah plus. Right. plus yeah all right so yeah I mean as far as I'm concerned that's the greatest post fight interview in UFC history <laughs> don't at me and Moicano knows how to speak English he knows Does he really English. Yes, oh, oh well, yeah, well, how that. do you think he was able to cut a promo that well in English?
4: Well, that's what I thought, but it what well was that a it was a great promo, but was it a well thought out promo? I thought it was a lack <laughs> of English that led him to the f bomb all the time. Uh, no,
0: no he's at, he no, so he the only reason why it's resonating to the extent to which it is with like americans and new yorkers is because he comprehends english and he no but when he's talking about his featherweight candidacy he's like i don't know if you know this joe rogan but i was the number one featherweight four featherweight in the world i fought my idol jose albert whole thing just great if you haven't seen it check it out um and it looks like his he's going to be Hinato money moicano from now on all right final thing and this is a hard-hitting journalistic question for both of you kenny stop smiling this is serious shit. sorry sorry go
4: ahead <laughs>
0: My good friend Bob Labalita, who I've known since 2003, who's in my fantasy football league, who's a diehard UFC fan, watches every episode of the Anakin Florian podcast. He's a big Brian Petrie fan. He's a huge Frankie Edgar fan and a huge Robbie Lawler fan. He and others, I think, are of the mindset that maybe Frankie Edgar could have had a different opponent or a less dangerous fight for his retirement fight at Madison Square Garden, right? So I will ask you the question this way Is it the promotion's job in this setting? to forecast where frankie edgar's chin may or may not be or where he's at at 41 years of age and give him a more winnable fight or does it stand to reason that it's okay if they want to maybe build a guy like chris gutierrez and give him this opportunity at madison square garden where do you stand on that
4: yeah that's a tough one
0: you, All right, you can talk about Edgar's legacy if you don't want to answer no, I mean,
4: I'll, I'll you, I'm going to say for me You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't I don't think Frankie would have wanted an easy Fight, uh, but then again The Athletic Commission is there to protect The fighters, they want to do that, they want to Level the playing field They 100% didn't do their job with that um, But Man, that's it, it's just Tough because Frankie, I mean that guy's got Nothing to prove, that guy's a Hall of Famer <sighs> through and through like I just I don't like seeing that I like the guy I love Mark Henry I like all those guys the Cardinal made I that's yeah that's a rough one man but I think if he would have taken a less opponent people would have bitched about that you know so I think you're damn you know then he takes this guy and then you're you're yelling at everybody for even letting them fight um but I, I I agree with you John if the athletic commission was really invested they would have looked at that and said I'm not letting the fight happen
1: I would say it's it's the UFC's job to make even, even matches, matches that make sense for both participants. And sometimes you just don't know. Now, sometimes uh, a promotion will, you know, set up certain fights as, as kind of like, a hey, this is the challenge. This is where the rubber meets the road. Like, is this guy going to be the next big thing? Or is that old champion going to kind of fight, claw his way back and show, hey, I'm not done yet. So, that was one of those fights where I think that uh, Frankie had that opportunity to to at least, you know, go out on, on a win. Um, it, it showed that, you know, his opponent was a little bit too much. You know, he was moving way too well. Um, I, I think Frankie's uh, speed, his fainting ability isn't what yeah. it used to be. His takedown ability isn't what it used to be. And, and now we're seeing, you know, more of those holes kind of being exposed and he's been doing it for so long. Um, So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like if you're asking me personally, yeah, I would have loved to seen uh, Frankie have an easier fight, but that's not what the fight game is about. And I absolutely agree with what Ray said, took the words out of my mouth. I don't think Frankie Edgar would have wanted that don't right. don't give me a gimme right. fight i know i right. can win in the cage right give me a guy who's good that i can feel proud uh, uh of you know my performance yeah. you know if i do get the win. and to you, your know, point,
0: John, Kenny, you just don't know right you yeah. just don't know it's not right. as though there's an know. avalanche of money coming in on chris gutierrez you know yeah, he opened right. and closed in the same range go ahead John, let
4: me add one more thing i mean i've been around a long time and i'm just going to relay it to like boxing man it, it, it killed me to watch sugar ray leonard lose to uh, i think it was uh hector camacho who like in his heyday that's not even a fight you know what i mean so i was never into this i, I like to revive that's why get again, again i don't want to beat it to death but that's what i love about khabib he got out on top you're never gonna have this problem with yeah. him there's yeah. never gonna be a negative thing you could say about the guy and yeah. that's the beauty of it because like again for the people who are just coming into the sport they're gonna look at frankie like that's frankie if they don't yeah. they're not really hardcore fans that nobody did against ray maynard 10 years ago or bj penn when he was coming up and i i, I don't like it you know i just i yeah. just don't it's just my personal opinion but you know I, you know i think there was a kid from westbury boxing that beat julio Cesar chavez but did you beat julio Cesar right, chavez right, right you know right. I, I i don't know uh, it's not not good
0: hey thank you for the extended time my man uh have a great private lesson and uh
4: Wait, we'll uh, we, wait, we ain't getting out of here without talking about my guy, the steamroller, Oh,
0: we? can we do that? Can we Jesus, do that? Come I'm on, trying to be respectful up. of your time. <laughs> no, oh, I wait. dude, I got to spend a lot of time with the family. <laughs> oh, yeah. The twin brother and uh, fraternal, by the way, that's not like, monozygotic. That's I like get Christmas it equipped,
4: with but. the cranks, no? Ha! Huh. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, so you guys spent a lot of time on Frivola, so it wasn't necessarily on my no. list. And for that, I apologize, but I absolutely love myself some Matt Frivola. And I think to sort of what Cody Merrow's been saying for a while... You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that this guy can make a run at 155 pounds. He puts in the right work. He's been a victim of circumstance at times in his career. Um, But these these wins back to back um, were against good competition. So, I mean, well, you know, hey, some people are going to say that Ottman Azitar is limited and I will give you that, but he was an undefeated fighter. Uh, What are your thoughts on the steamroller and the New York thing and everything else?
4: I think this guy knocked it out of the park. I mean, like, again, I'm not a big fanfare guy, but that Timmy Trumpets thing went over way better than I thought. I wasn't really even sure what it was about, but now I I get it. Uh, But listen, that's the first win this team had in New York. We had a curse, man anybody that fought at the garden or in new the york the garden won.
0: but you guys won on long island i mean come oh, on
4: long island yeah but not in the, not in the city but you're right we had to win on live. Yeah, for
0: that weidman That's over cool. gasoline on long yes. island is one of okay right, don't right, tell right. yourself short but yeah no yeah. you guys broke through a madison square garden let's and go, uh, let's
4: say keep it with the garden then. all right you know which was which was crazy and uh yeah, I agree with you. It's almost like Chandler. You know, like again, he just tweeted out and it's true, like after the McKinney fight, I go, you know, cause I you know, we had COVID. I wasn't with him a lot. You know, there was we were the whole team is separated. But I, I did say to him, I ain't watching you go out I, like you you're way better than this. You gotta calm down, you gotta pick your spots. It was more, you know, making them box, uh, so he gets the awareness, he gets the, you know, how to sit in the pocket and see things without just blindly rushing in there and uh yeah he's he's on a roll man he looks good and he can't you know he can hurt you i mean he, and and he jujitsu is good and his wrestling is good and he kicks yeah. great so he's got everything it takes if he stays level-headed level-headed he's he can make a run for it i really believe that so uh hats off to Frivola, man i thought he knocked it out of the park with everything
0: great kid so, great so, family and the yes. moment to get a madison square garden crowd to shout back at you yes. Roll up right like that yes. lives on an eternity congratulations Without a doubt. i love watching you celebrate i mean you get these quick wins you don't give me enough time to uh to talk about how you should have got a haircut before the fight or anything nice I about know, you
4: I, I, I didn't do anything but uh <laughs> wait a couple other things this friday Please. ring
0: of oh combat. what do you got this friday
4: the ring of combat villa montello christian alcalia armando Getcha, and we also have james the hipster fight on another card friday night then Saturday night we go to Pennsylvania for Bazooka, uh, Dennis Bazookia, and uh, he's he's looking to make a statement in that fight. And then Sunday there's another six guys. Uh, we got Dave, Rob Schultz, Tim Collery, Georgie. I'm um, reading Zach, Mark, Kazi. I do like I can't even keep up with wow guys fighting this week. So he's
1: got Let's notes, John.
4: I, have, no. oh, so, I had to have somebody write it down for me. I can't even remember <laughs> anything So <laughs> the team so. is franking Frivola put us in a good spot. Started by Aljo's complete Let's go. over TJ Dillashaw. Then we get the provola steam rolling over his guy. Let's amazing. keep moving this train on. They're not letting oh, me die. It's amazing.
0: Alive, these get <laughs> all these wins before Thanksgiving and celebrate the holidays well. By the way, do you like that I'm wearing the Sugar Sean? O'Malley gear today. your that? likely next yeah. opponent. What a traitor. What a traitor, right, huh? No, this yeah, is right. how we balance it out on the Anakin Florian podcast. <laughs> to, Long goes you, the Aljo you to, wait, guy. Wait, wait, wait,
4: wait, wait. You want to know why Aljo attacks you at times? <laughs> you you at times? <laughs> what about this? What about, about the, chicken well, chicken the chicken pound? The chicken I pound. Chicken pound.
0: I am dying to try that chicken.
4: John, when you're away and you're eating bad and you come home, you just let that chicken go, baby. You're back to healthy eat. I feel great again. That's amazing. The chicken pound the chicken Kenny. pound did you hear kenny's oppressed speech on the fight did you get a did, did you uh, know yeah i was a little delirious i was sick I wasn't was, feeling well you know how on fire this guy was nobody could slow him down
0: <laughs> he was incredible until his technical issues intervened but yes he was cussing a lot oh, it was glorious love it hey i mean uh, dude i would love to keep you a part of this conversation do you have a hard out or not what time is it it's three twelve. <laughs>
4: let's go three more minutes what all right do, ah,
0: <laughs> do you want hard hitting or like soft tissue
4: no anything that makes you happy okay you Kenny? know i'm glad that i could parlay my success into the success of the podcast if i make huh. <laughs> you got you guys i'm going to force <laughs> you to oh, get hey. me out of here i'm going to force oh, it well hey <laughs> no i
0: know just know that like next year there might actually be something to celebrate as far as the anakin florian podcast is Holy concerned
4: okay all right we're rent. Back the car up. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry about that. It. Little habit I picked up from the quiz show.
3: Sorry about well, that. Well, we know you have a new car if you follow around Instagram. Hey, uh, yeah. Oh my oh, god, no. don't
4: start. Don't oh, wait start. Don't start next week. Remind me about where my car is. They took it away from me. Last thing. Somebody told and me you have thank to you again for,
0: for uh for shouting out all your local athletes first name oh, only. Uh, we're live on 106.7. If you want to go over to the uh <laughs> Din on Friday night, you can see Zach and Alex compete yeah. all right, <laughs> Ryan span over Dominic Reyes by knockout at one twenty of round one. go ahead, Ray all right
4: that's uh hard to watch also man this guy's luck is
0: here's probably not hard if you're one of ryan span's children though yeah
4: yeah 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 no span span's an animal no he's got great hands uh you know I tell you here's here's where I get this is crazy, and you know. Out in the universe. But I'm telling you, if Dominic Reyes would what they would have given him that decision in that Jones fight, this shit's not happening. I really believe that. Why? Oh, don't ask me. It's just, you know, you get I, I just think they have a way of knocking you down and you don't come back from that. You know, it was that guy won that fight and he never got the chance. Now he's never gonna get the chance. Well, I right? respectfully
0: disagree on that. Um and I'm not saying it's neither here yeah. nor there. I think it's Relevant to the conversation. Kenny knows what I'm gonna say. I'm not in the business of retiring fighter, but I also can't quantify what playing defensive back at Stony Brook what type of impact that had on what are you laughing at?
4: Oh, no, you're right though. You're 100% right. You ever
0: play strong yeah. safety, right? You get going no, 25 no, no, miles per right. hour, crack somebody with your head every day in practice, and then That that,
4: that damage was done way before the fight. And There's he was no a four-year
0: starter. Right now, I don't want to take anything away from Ryan Spann. It was an amazing jab. And Ryan Spann is really starting to believe that he can be a world champion. Physically, he seems to have a lot of the tools. He's got chokes, too. Ken Flood loves submission, guys. Yeah, but but Jones, uh, could, Jones couldn't do that to him. Kenny, it's four straight losses, I believe, for Dominic Reyes, but he had a lot of success against Yuri Prohaska the last time we saw him. That was May of 2021. He has changed camps. He's in Danbury, Connecticut, under the watchful eye of Fernelli Feliz Sr. and Glover Teixeira. Um, what do you do if you're Dom Reyes on the heels of this fourth consecutive knockout loss? Well, no, the last three by knockout, I guess.
1: Man, this sport is crazy. Uh, you know, a buddy of mine, an actor, the great John Tucker, John Tucker from Charlestown. Um, he said, you know, you could be drinking the wine one day and squeezing the grapes the other. And that is definitely the case in life. And it's the case in mixed martial arts where you could be riding high and then all of a sudden you're just fighting for your career. Uh, Dominic Reyes, um, for me, he got a little emotional. He lost his composure and he just darted. In a straight line towards Span, a guy who hits extremely hard. Um, and, and, and that doesn't work out well when you start to get into the heavier weight classes. And I think he just ran right into that jab. And that was after he had already been kind of stunned with a, a punch or two. Um, so for me, I think it was a technical error. Um, w- what kind of damage is, uh, taking its toll on him at this stage of his career? I don't yeah. know exactly. Span hits hard. He could put you out even if you've never been knocked out, never played football in your life. Um, but those things do matter. Those things do have an impact. Those things do add up. Yes. Um, I hope that Dominic is able to look at that and say, here was the mistake. Here was the technical flaw. This is what we're going to learn from. I'm going to keep my composure. I'm going to reset. I'm going to look for angles better next time. Uh, you know, maybe clinch with him instead or whatever it is. You know, I think there's a lot of things he can learn from this. I, I do think he still uh, has talent, but man, um, You know, I don't think he made the the best decision there against Span at that moment in time.
4: He's got to take some time off. He already did, but obviously that, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I agree with you, Kenny, but is that part of all the losses in the row? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, why are you making that decision? You know, I, I don't know. It just seemed like when he was on a roll, he wasn't making those decisions. Now he is. And obviously he can't take the punishment. It's just. He's in a weird spot, man. Very weird spot. Yeah. But I don't think you come back from that.
0: All right, buddy. Best of luck to Dylan Montalvo and everybody else. Can't thank you enough for the overtime today. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think it's, it's,
4: he just threw me out. He doesn't like. He did uh, He, didn't yeah, like yeah, 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 he yeah. doesn't like. You, you dollar got to trade someone, right? Get out of here.
0: <laughs> well, once you leave, Frankie Edgar is going to get a little love. Kenny's going to give us his all time yeah. favorite Frankie Edgar moment. And I'm going to get 100%. mine. I mean, do you want to do that or do you want to go? Like, what the fuck?
4: I got to get out of here, but I love Frankie Edgar. Right. Guys, a Hall of Fame, right. and let's end on that.
0: Love you, thank <laughs> you. know, because Ray, I'm Ray. squeezing.
4: The, I got to squeeze the grapes right now. Ha. I went for That's the right. I'm squeezing the fucking grapes. <laughs> what do you right. think I'm doing over here? I'm ha. squeezing grapes my whole life. I got to go. There he is, <laughs>
0: the Ray Longo minute every week.
4: I'm in a coffee go for-
0: here on the Anakin Florian podcast. Thank you to Ray Longo for joining us off the top of the show for nearly an hour. What a guy! So I went back through some of Frankie Edgar's highlights, and uh, I think for me, a lot of signature moments, right? He beat Uriah Faber in Manila when he broke through against BJ Penn in Abu Dhabi in 2010. Some thought it was a close fight. Some thought it was 50 to 45 for Frankie Edgar, but that was one of those moments where you, like, remember where you were, right? It was just crazy to see BJ Penn lose to Frankie Edgar in that moment. For me, though, it was probably the knockout of Chad Mendes. Because I just think it was quick and people were sort of hunkering down for a long fight. I think it was Frankie's fifth straight win at the time. And, you know, I think Dana White had maybe been in the building earlier, but then he had left. And so Frankie took issue with that on the microphone after the fact. Um, but just an absolute legend, right? Just under eight hours of octagon time. And, um, you know, of all the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies that we have done, um, I just want to say I'm really looking forward to seeing Frankie and his family on the stage.
1: There's so many memories for me, John Uh, You know, one of his first fights Maybe his first fight against Tyson Griffin In the UFC, an absolute banger Back and forth, you saw this kid Undersized, you're like, man, this kid's gonna be a problem Uh, The upset of BJ Penn I remember just being Just shocked, like, oh my goodness Then he would ultimately come back And and win that fight uh, again In the rematch I think the fight for me uh, has to be His comeback against Gray Maynard Um and you could also argue that Gray Maynard was not the same after that fight against Frankie Edgar. Uh, that was kind of the beginning to end for Gray. Um, so that was one of the fights that I think really defined Frankie Edgar and who he was in that rematch. You know, Gray beat him in the first one, and then for the belt. Uh, Frankie would ultimately um, you know what was that the draw, right? Is that the, yep. the, the draw? Yeah, yep. I, I thought that was just an amazing performance and then he would end up you know knocking out grace. So uh, Frankie was just uh, I, again, I, I said this way back when uh, he, he was the little little engine that could um, and he was constantly the underdog. Uh, he was always doubted, but he proved everybody wrong over and over again with toughness, with tenacity uh and determination um so uh crazy to see a guy like Frankie who's now ending his career a guy who kind of came up in and around my generation uh Frankie you're a legend congratulations enjoy your time with you and you know with 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 yourself and and your family and uh what a career
0: go smoke a blunt Frank okay go smoke a blunt (laughs)
1: you could do you could. he could do a bunch of those now yeah
0: Shout out to Chris Gutierrez, by the way, who uh, I have gotten pretty close with. He's been through a lot of adversity in his life, and I'm really happy for Chris. I I was a little bit surprised that he didn't get a bonus. How about this live event, Kenny, setting the record for most first-round knockouts in UFC history? Wow. Yeah, I think it was seven. And I think it was the number two gate all-time at Madison Square Garden. First gate all-time, also belongs to the UFC. And perhaps that sort of illustrates to people like how hard a ticket this is, right? I had so many ticket requests that I couldn't honor. Like they're so expensive at Madison Square Garden. And, uh, nice. you can see why. Uh, shout out to Dan Hooker over Claudio Poyes. What were your thoughts on Poyes in general, right? I mean, you've cornered a guy who maybe has, well, Uh, You know, Ryan Hall, obviously, and Claudio Poyes get compared, but there are obviously differences there. Uh, I thought it was a bad night to be fighting Dan Hooker, who was supremely focused on not only some of those leg attacks, but also on his own career trajectory and knowing how badly he needed this win. Any thoughts for us on the pay-per-view main card opener, which you guys have not touched on yet, Hooker and Poyes?
1: Yeah, you know, listen, I I think Hooker was going to be a tough out for Claudio. I think that uh, Claudio is an excellent, um, you know, specialist you know when it comes to leg locks i think he's i think he's very good um is he at the level of a ryan hall no is he a, a, you know is a jiu-jitsu at the level of a ryan hall i would say not even close right um claudia has a lot of work to do ryan is one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners to ever walk inside the uh, the octagon right, in my right. opinion um he's just he has a sophistication and understanding and knowledge that is this Really high, uh, okay, above um, everyone who's out there. But um, as far as, you know, the styles, the rolling into the legs, you know, I I could see why people are making, you know, that um, comparison. I I think that for Claudio, though, um, he he faces – an In interesting situation where he doesn't quite have the takedown game that is necessary for him to do what he wants to do and take it to the fu- take it to the mat. Um, and I think that he's not so comfortable with his stand up at this stage of the game, um, his footwork uh, defensively, when you don't really know what you need to do to stay out of harm's way, um, it, it can, it can snowball very quickly into panic. And that's what I saw with, with Claudio was that he was getting a, Little bit too panicked, um, and the sense of desperation was was very evident. He started getting hit to the body over and over again. Hooker once he noticed that, and Claudio just wasn't able to fight through that. So um, it was unfortunate for Claudio. He's still very young, twenty three years old. I would say get better defensively uh, with your striking, and uh, you know as far as Hooker goes, excellent performance for him. He came back. Uh, I thought his experience was going to be a big mountain for Claudio to climb. Uh and uh Dan Hooker is back and, and, and look pretty solid out there.
0: All right, I want to bring big gun Brian Petrie into the conversation as we put a bow here on UFC two hundred eighty one and talk about Aaron Blanchfield and potentially time permitting circle back to Zhang Wei Lee. What's up, big gun? Hey boys, how you doing? Good, man. Hey, thank you for uh, ably filling in. And of doing course. Just banging job, my man. I now know <laughs> and I have never felt this way in the history of the eight-year podcast necessarily. I mean, Cam Flow can always do it, but sure. um, he's an analyst by and large. Yeah. And I'm not cutting him down when I say that, but I want to, you know, we want to let his skill set shine. Yeah. I've never been more confident about missing a week because you can well, you. and uh and man the ship. So um, I'm actually taking another show off, okay, Okay. in three <laughs> okay. weeks. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you sent me a text message, and I know that this means something to you because you yeah. didn't send it to the group. You sent it right. to me personally while I was on the air because you just yeah. couldn't contain yourself. And I've told you, you can text me on the air anytime you got yeah. well, please. But Aaron Blanchfield... Future flyweight champion, 23 years of age, absolutely incredible. Before we get to her, I want to ask you guys about the crucifix and the referee. And I'm not even going to mention him by my name because he's my man. He's a friend Mm -hmm. of mine. I think he listens to the podcast, but I'm just going to list all the people that I've spoken to that were put off by just how much distance there was between the referee and Aaron Blanchfield and Molly McCann. I don't understand why he wasn't more urgent with body language when a fighter is Mm. in the crucifix, even if it's a fighter who can take damage. Right. Right. So Anthony Lionheart Smith, Daniel Cormier, Paul Felder and myself, and I believe maybe even Joe Rogan, all were put off by that. Um, Do we have reason to be? Am I making too much of, of something that I shouldn't be?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, it was, it was pretty brutal, especially when the elbows started coming and Molly's head started turning red and she was grimacing and and she was flailing. You don't like to see those elbows. I I watched this with a bunch of people. I did not notice how far the ref was. If I'm being honest with you, that's something I must've overlooked. But, yeah, typically in that situation, you would want the ref to be on top of there. Move, get out of there, move. You're you're taking shots.
0: Yeah, I wasn't looking for a stoppage necessarily, Kenny. I don't know. I just thought it was really weird. Like the crucifix situation is a potentially very dire one that can spiral out of control pretty quickly. I don't know. I wasn't the only one. Obviously, if there weren't four of us who were like, this is weird, I wouldn't bring it up. That's all. Maybe it's not a worthy talking point. I don't know.
1: I, I didn't see a major problem. You know, the crucifix is a problem. Um, We have to make a, a big distinction between guys who are two men who are 265 pounds uh, and raining down elbows uh, and women who are, you know, what was their weight? 125? Yeah. yeah, 125. You know, and a, a male 125 pounder in the crucifix is going to be very different than a male who's 265 pounds plus in the crucifix. Um, it's hard to generate as much power when you're in close and tight like that. Can you generate a lot of power? Sure, but those are going to be the big shots that come from the guys that are maybe 205, 185. That's when you really want to watch, in my opinion. Um, so the, the, these aren't – you don't have a massive amount of space where you can generate that much force. Uh, In my opinion, I think it's less the case when you have lighter weight individuals in there. Um, So I I think uh, it really wasn't a big deal for me. Um, uh, Some of those shots, you know, it would be like she'd get a couple hard shots and then a couple of them would either miss or wouldn't land so hard. So I I don't really have a major problem.
0: Brian, as far as her flyweight evolution right now, she's 23 years old as Aaron Blanchfield I know people are really excited, and cold-blooded's the perfect nickname. I mean, it suits her personality and her fighting style and everything else. Tyler Santos potentially gets Shevchenko next, but we do sit here right now, and the champion in this division does not have a fight. I know Blanchfield is not there yet, mm-hmm. um, but it's not as though there's just a million women lined up potentially. I mean, Manol Fuhrer, what do you think about Blanchfield in terms of a timeline to actually you know, be fighting someone in the top five or Valentina?
2: Yeah, I mean, the division's a little thin, and I think Erin Blanchfield, with her style, can give Valentina problems. I mean, Valentina, the beater, you take her off her feet, put her on her back, and that's what Blanchfield does. 23 years old, I love her composure, her meanness, her toughness in there, and she seems like she has her head on her shoulders, watched a lot of interview, interviews with her. That's a mature 23-year-old, and I was obviously nervous going into the Molly fight, even though she was a 4-1 to favorite. I thought that was a little juice, but I was a little nervous because if that entered that third round, we would have got to see what is this 23 year old going to wilt or not? But we didn't get, even get a chance to do that. She took her, took her down pretty easily. Crucifix, got out of it. crucifix again, and then got the submission. Um, I've only texted you for two people about like me blown away, Aaron Blanchard and Johnson Almeida. I think both those people wow. are special. Yeah. And, uh, I was just sitting there blown away by it because I had a lot of meatball Molly fans around me. Yeah. Who had a lot a, a ticket on her. And, uh, so when that happened, they're like, Whoa, that this girl's no joke. And, and, uh, you know, I would like to see her fight top five within maybe one or two more fights. I think she's that good, even though she's that young.
0: Kenny, that brings us to Zhang Wei Li because Mark Zuckerberg was one of several people to suggest that Zhang Wei Li now fight Valentina Shevchenko and try to become a two division champion. Now, Rosama Yunus is the number one contender. She has two head to head wins over Zhang Wei Li. So maybe Zhang Wei Li would have an appetite to fight Rose again. Amanda Lemos got a lot of love. Obviously, when you guys did a show on Sunday, but before Kenny chimes in on Zhang Wei Lee, only thing that I could take exception to when Petrie hosted was his pronunciation of Zhang Wei Lee. So we have a little file for you. So I don't know how you arrived at this, but even if you were to say, Bry, like Zhang Wei Lee, right? Sorry, like J O N G yeah. W A Y L E E. Zhang Wei Lee. even though yeah. it's Zhong Wei Li sure, sure, sure. so Ken Flo like he was kind of trying to save you like he just I knew the first yeah. thing out of Ken Flo's mouth was going to be <laughs> Zhang Wei Lee. so um we have about a 22 second clip sure, sure. That Cody just put together let's from, roll Ma- it. from Sunday's episode <laughs> This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So when you are at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel a touch overwhelmed. Perhaps you're not showing up the way that you would like to. I can certainly relate. You know, there's a phrase in the song, there's no business like show business. And it says, there's no people like show people, they smile when they are low. And for me, being in the public eye has been challenging, at least in terms of always projecting happiness when perhaps that's not how I'm feeling. Well, whatever your situation, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. And when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws your way. For me, it's imperative that I'm my best self in order to just perform at a high level. And when I don't feel that way, BetterHelp is a great option and a great resource for therapy. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire that gets you matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch out any for no additional charge if you're not happy. For me, I'm on the road about 100 nights a year. So being able to connect with someone remotely was absolutely huge for me. And my mindset really candidly has changed for the better. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Annick today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Annick
2: <laughs> Producer of the stars, Cody Merrill, was all over there, Zhang Wali. But Zhang Wali was so explosive and fast and athletic in there. We both run Zhang Wali, if I remember correctly.
1: Zhang Wei Li is, uh,
2: she's, first of all, just a tremendous athlete. Zhang Wali <laughs> lost the second fight to Rose. I mean, he was, for Zhang Wali, I mean, you could throw Rose in there, you could do. And Zhang Wali is not a stranger <laughs> to throwing down. Man, when they're put together back-to-back
1: uh, like that. Yeah. I thought he was talking about the movie Wall E. That's yeah, a, I thought that's yeah. what he was talking about. The I'm just Disney watching movie, Kenny Wall-E. the
0: whole time. I like. love it. <laughs> that, I didn't even
2: notice that because I was kind of. I mean, listen. I'm on a nerves guy. I got a little nervous. Am I gonna be honest with you? I would have mispronounced that name regardless. But I miss Kenny trying to save me. Like no, 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 no Wei Lee, You're right. You're right, <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> well, you nailed Jonathan. it there. Yeah, you absolutely well, nailed it
2: there. I, I can say it. Sometimes again, I got this condition, marbles in my mouth. No, pronunciation is not a strong suit of mine. I am trying to get better at it. Uh I mean I fucking nailed Marina Ariguez the other day. So uh and, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying it's I'm trying. I'm trying. But that was that was a little accumulation of nerves and, and just trying to, you know, get 30 minutes in and you know, whatever. But no, that's very funny right there. And, and thank I love you. The- How
0: about the turnaround time for my guy Cody Merrill putting that together? That's good. That's good stuff. Kenny, I do need your shot your thoughts on Zhang Wei Li. Potentially uh, moving on up. I mean, the one thing we know about Zhang Wei Li is that she's probably going to fight in three or four months and be an active champion. Uh, what is your appetite for Zhang Wei Li Shevchenko versus, say, Zhang Wei Li Lemosh?
1: Hey Zuckerberg, you got work to do. Stick to that. No, <laughs> you know, I uh, no, I um, I I. I I don't want to see. I don't want to see uh, her against Shevchenko just yet. I, I think there's still so many interesting challenges for her in her division. Um, I, I think that size discrepancy. When people see them side by side, I think they'll kind of get it. Shevchenko's not small. Again, we've seen her, you know, go up weight class and stuff. Like that. I think that might be a little bit too much for her at 125 right now. Um, but, uh, I, I think there's a lot of interesting matchups for her. And I thought her performance, uh, was just phenomenal here, uh, against Carlos Esparza.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair I think enough. it's very interesting. I really do. I think Amanda Lemos might be the one who gets the championship opportunity. Definitely. Um, all right, well, we got some picks to make unless I left anything, uh, out of our UFC 281 recap again, we have more content a couple days ago. If you want to check that out, certainly we'll fill in some of the gaps that we may have left here. Uh, we do have a pronunciation of the week. I don't know if Cody Merrow wants to fucking four box this thing or what. Um, did that Sergey Spivak file come through as I just said his name?
3: <laughs> 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 Gimme.
0: But it isn't, you know, and it's good to see you, buddy. Thanks for the quick turnaround on, uh, on that oh, video. you know it. They don't call me so, the best in
3: the business for a reason.
0: So some people Maybe say me. Spivak. Some say Spivak. So I guess I just wanted to really play the file for the audience and really see what the linguist Ken Flo had to say. And uh, what's, your, what's your, your pass at it, though, Cody?
3: So I want to say Sergey Spivak.
0: Spivak, right. That's kind of how I feel. But sometimes when I listen to it, it's a little bit of a, of a mind fuck, as they say. Let's hear the file
4: sergey the polar beer spivak sergey the polar beer spivak sergey the polar beer spivak spivak spivak, spivak.
0: either um, way he sounds like an assassin though I can't like Chills, sounds. Dude. Yeah. all right so he's getting the main event against Derek lewis this weekend more from cody in the marrow seconds at the end of the show and we will also pay tribute of course to uh to our lay friend, Anthony Rumble Johnson, before we get out of here, of course. Um, but we have three predictions. UFC Fight Night, Lewis versus Spivak at the UFC Apex. Always interesting going from the world's most famous arena uh, to the world's most famous mixed martial arts arena, the UFC Apex. Muslim Salikov at welterweight, minus 130 against Andre Fialio, plus 110. Bri Fialio coming off that loss to Jake Matthews. Salikov had won five in a row before he ran into the leech, Li Jing Jingliang, but he's been far less active. How about Fialio? What a fucking nut, right? Fought four times in 2021, and this is his fifth fight of 2022. Some suggested maybe bit off more than he could chew and taking that quick turn for Matthews. Mm-hmm. Start us off, Bri, Fialio or Salikov? Well, no
2: one was going to beat Jake Matthews that night. That dude was on fire. He looked like one of the best welterweights on the planet. He looked so good. Walked through some fire shots, gave shots, and then I love the swag after he got the finish over Diallo. Diallo a guy who I remember from the PFL. From my guy Chris Curtis lost a three round TKO. Got you know just got worked to the body. Came to the UFC, has been on fire. He's fought some decent guys. He's two and two. Some of his wins, you know, over Cameron VanCamp, who has no win in the UFC. But Muslim Salikov, this is a guy who. I thought when he came on the UFC scene, he dropped his debut, but it's like once a year he fights and it's just, he's on a fight fight winning streak. Well, he was, and then the lead, he ran into the leech, but he was never acting enough. He dropped a lot of fights. He likes to throw some of that spinning shit. He bounced around a lot. He slows down a lot. And when I look at this fight, I was, I was all over Muslim. When, when you sent me the, when you sent me the email, I'm like, Oh, this is Muslim all day because I don't trust Fialo's, um, durability. Right. But then I went back and looked at him and this guy's pressure, his boxing, his overall game is really good. And I think, and he's only 28 and he's getting better. You're giving me a dog price on him. I'm going to roll the dice with maybe a guy with a, with with a shaky chin over Muslim, who I think looked very pedestrian, the leech and and, and then leech is very good. So maybe the leech did that, but give me the dog here in Fiala. I think, uh, I think he gets it done. I don't know if he finishes him, uh, cause Muslim is very, very tough. Um, but yeah,
0: his, I think his boxing and gonna be too much. Ken big gun, taking the points, so to speak, with Fialio. Who do you like?
1: Son of a bitch. Yeah, I like, I like Fialio as well. Um, I, I think there's a lot of value there. I, I think that, um, Salikov, he's got, um, you know, interesting background. I don't think he's the best athlete in the world. And, and I think he's a little slower. Uh, not that Fialio's a, uh, an A class athlete himself, but I think he's durable enough, knows how to survive against guys like Salikov. And I can see him landing some big shots and putting Salikov down.
0: All right. Co-main event, I believe, at light heavyweight. Kennedy and Zechaku. That's my favorite name to say on the roster. I can't smell, I can't spell it like Lorisanko. I don't know if I could spell it with my eyes closed. Kennedy and Zechaku, minus 165. Iwan Kute Laba, the Hulk, plus 140. Third fight of the year for Inzechaku. TKO'd Carl Robertson back in July. On the other side, Bri Kute Laba, beaten by Johnny Walker Blue at UFC 279 in September. Hulk has just one win in his last six. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, so I'm not even gonna try to pronounce Kennedy's last name, or you're gonna have a whole podcast full of my blotches here. <laughs> but um, this is an interesting fight. I think both guys are very similar in their UFC trajectories. Where I mean, listen, Ivan Kozlov is five seven and one UFC. I mean, this is probably his last stand here. He had a good run where he drawled with Dustin Jacoby, who's an elite guy, and then beat Devin Clark pretty bad, busted up his teeth, and then he's he's kind of went on a skid here. I like the shaved head, kutalaba. I like the new cardio, uh, grappling based, but he's been submitted his last two time out. You look at Kennedy and Kennedy fought Carl Robeson and Robeson, for whatever reason, being a kickboxer, really wanted to grapple Kennedy and just got stuffed, got put in all the wrong positions. And Kennedy, which to me was was Achilles heel, his grappling looked very good his last time out. He's obviously with a great camp. He's getting better. His Carlos Olberg comeback was amazing. We look at this fight man and it's it's a tough cap. It's a tough. This is not something I'm running to the window to bet. Um but just for the sake of fucking taking dogs, give me Ion Kutelaba because I think if you can take Kennedy down and and really use his ground and pound, he could he could do some damage here and Kennedy's a slow starter and as long as Ion doesn't blow, you know, blows cardio in the first round man, give me give me dog. Give me dog
0: shot. Let's go. All right, Petrie taking a shot on Kutelaba plus 140. Kennedy and Zechaku minus 165 on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Ken Flo, which way are you going?
1: You know, it's good to see Kutulaba switching things up, uh, you know, training in Vegas, getting, you know, better advice, better coaching, I think. Um, I, I just think that it's him inside the cage that is kind of making some poor decisions out there. He's got a lot of talent. I mean, this dude's a, a specimen. He hits very hard. Um, but, uh, and Zechaku, give me Kennedy and Zechaku. Yeah,
0: all right. Heavyweight main event. We'll see if there is dissension and we will have Ken Flo lead the dance here. Sergey Spivak, minus 175. The Black Beast, Eric Lewis, comes back at plus 150. So Polar Bear coming on strong, guys. 2-0 this year. He's won five of six. Only lost in that span to the credentialed Tommy Aspinall. On the other side, Lewis has lost three of four, but that did come on the heels of a four-fight winning streak. Ken Flo, 26th UFC start overall for the Black Beast. He's in the underdog role here. Your thoughts on the heavyweight main event this weekend on E-Plus?
1: Derek Lewis is a tough guy um, betting-wise, I'm sure. You know, just um, he'll surprise you when you least expect it. And then when you think he's got, you know, the ability to win, he'll find a way to lose. Um, Derek Lewis, though, he is is capable, uh, you know, especially with those hands, man. He's so dangerous. But I think this is a bad matchup for him. Why? Because Derek's not necessarily known for his ground game, right? I I don't see him pulling off any submissions, uh, even if he gets on top necessarily. And I certainly don't see him uh, pulling off submission if he's on his back. And I think that's where he's going to spend most of his time here uh, against Spivak while it lasts. I see Spivak uh, either getting a submission or a TKO. Uh, by just getting superior position here. I, I love the way he integrates those takedowns, those judo style takedowns. He's very slick. Give me Spivak. And I think he's someone to watch in the heavyweight division. As yeah, well. no, I think
0: you put that well. I wouldn't be surprised, Brian, to see that price get steeper as the week goes yeah. on. Your thoughts on the heavyweight main event?
2: This is why MMA betting is so crazy. 2 years ago, Derek Lewis might have been like a 4 to 1 dog or a 4 to 1 favorite even though it's a bad matchup for him. He's on two fight skid but his last two wins are over Dawkins and Curtis Blades, which is pretty wild. This guy can put your lights out. When I first saw Speebok I did not, he did not pass my eye test initially. I thought this guy was a little slow on the feet, lumbering. I thought he was good in the clinch. He can take you down and obviously rain some blows. And he's really falling short with some of those high level guys. And Kenny nailed the head, on, nailed it on the head. This is a really bad matchup for Derek Lewis. I just keep going back to the Ole- Alexi Olenich fight with Derek Lewis and Derek Lewis just stood up. Olenich's like trying to yeah. pop this guy's head off and he just stands up. Lewis is a star. Um, and he needs this win here. I think his last time out, he rushed it against Pavlovich, got KO'd in the tie to a Vasa fight, you know, ties a great fire, clipped him. But I think Derek Lewis is a better fighter than what I think he has shown his last few times out. I know the ground game is going to be a problem there. Speedbox only got one submission in the UFC, but his ground up is very dangerous. But I just think the beast is going to stand up. And all he's got to do is land once. I mean, Speedbox been knocked out twice. Walt Harris got him. uh Tommy Aswell got him. So, i'm riding all dogs baby Get this the, guy give me the
0: dog give me Derek lewis i can't get him right but let's go dog shot i love it three dogs from brian petrie and if you want more from him he has a podcast called the mma takes podcast and on social media at brian petrie mma my man thank you thank for you. stepping up i love hearing you analyze boxing because i know you know the sweet science as well as anyone so yeah. great job in the one chair and uh Hey man, just keep those digits handy because um again I'm gonna start fucking skipping shows now. <laughs> okay. This is fucking beautiful. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Because I do Seriously. too much. All right, I'll see you, boys. There he is, Brian Petrie with us every week, or most weeks, I should say, on the Anakin Florian podcast. Before we get to Cody Merrow and the Merrow seconds, a few thoughts on Anthony Rumble Johnson, who passed away at the age of thirty eight. If you weren't following the story, he had professed publicly to being very scared by an illness that he was dealing with. And um part of it non-hodgkin's lymphoma i believe was not believed to be fatal but there was another disease that he was dealing with and uh ultimately he passed away at 38 due to organ failure you know i was with daniel cormier doing some work in new york city and uh obviously this weighed heavily on dc having fought him twice you know the first show i worked for the ufc kenny january 2012 a week before we were in nashville was ufc 142 when rumble fought vitor belford and uh (laughs) Just such a sweet human being. For me, he was Francis Ngannou before Francis Ngannou in terms of the power, right? I felt like he was the greatest power threat in UFC history, at least when it came to his hands and his feet before Francis Ngannou. Juxtaposed against his disposition, which was just soft and gentle and just a hell of a guy. I was at the Patriots Super Bowl in 2019 with my twin brother. Took a picture, my Instagram story, and Rumble sends a message like, dude, that's crazy. There are two of you, you know, and it so warmed my heart because I had put him on this pedestal and we had connected a little bit living in South Florida. But I wrote back to him like, dude, imagine if there were two rumbles. Could you imagine? And of course, now, you know, we don't have any, at least in the yeah. uh, physical sense, but um, we love you, bro. And uh, Ken Flo, obviously you guys sort of fought at the same time and um, just a, an inquantifiable loss for the MMA community over the weekend
1: he was such a talented dude. Um, He was such a kind soul. I I remember him cutting down in weight to 170 pounds. Yes. 170 pounds. One of the fights that we were calling John and he was in the elevator. And I remember talking to him, trying to lift his spirits. And he was just kind of gave me just like a, you know, a, a head nod and, um, yeah, so I, I've seen him there, and I've seen him as one of the best two hundred and five pounders in the world as well. Um, I actually ended up uh, helping DC in the rematch uh, for his That's fight right. against Anthony Johnson. So he's a guy that I always respected. Uh, I thought was one of the most dangerous punchers in the world uh, at one point, point. and uh, it was really sad to see that news, man. You know, a thirty-eight year old, um, you know, kind-hearted guy uh to see him go in that fashion um you know when when he had so much um to give um was was really sad to hear man so uh, i guess you know my heart goes out to, to his family and friends and um just a very tough situation all the way around
0: we dedicate today's anakin florian podcast to anthony rumble johnson i know how hard this hits so many people in the mma community because he gave of himself and he gave his heart and opened a, him himself up to to heidi dean and and so many others so um don't worry rumble we're gonna keep your memory going and um you know they're gonna have to uh you know kill me before i stop talking about you as one of the greatest power threats in ufc history that guy was the man um all right cody Merrow. um i'd imagine we have uh left a few things out of this episode
3: yeah well let me come in and open up the uh laughs huh thanks
0: well there were two choices right i mean i could end the show i, I had
3: it in my notes so you know which, which by the way let me let me hang on one second. i got my i'm all prepared but i just walked in the octagon and i gotta I a
0: yeah that this. was interesting so she the reference after the sylvana gomez juarez carolina Kovalevich fight Buff goes in with some scores and whenever it takes a while, you're thinking maybe draw, but then a commissioner came in and made some alterations. And uh, if you didn't catch the post show, you didn't hear me say that they still got it wrong after all of that, by the way. One of the judges oh, actually had it the other way, God. so it should have been a yeah. Split decision. Yeah. How about that? No way.
3: Yeah. yeah. So did the graphics Damn, on the post dude. fight show. So everyone was all up in arms. What a that. nightmare. Me at home. But yeah, no, I, <laughs> Bruce looked pissed. That's, uh, you know, when Bruce is mad that something's wrong. It's like. Come on. Can we not do single-digit edition here? What are we doing? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, So UFC 281, putting a bow on it. 11 finishes tied for most finishes with UFC Fight Night Rockhold versus Bisping, way back in Australia. So setting some records there. Tied for most first-round finishes with seven. Wow. So pretty crazy. It was just crazy top to bottom. I mean, Carlos Alberg started it off, and Alex Pereira finished it off. And it was crazy. Blanchfield with the finish. Trezano with the finish. Um, Just so many. Almost too many to name, really. It was just a crazy fight night. Uh, fight of the night: Chandler versus uh, Chandler versus um, Poirier, obviously. Yep. Uh, performance of the night: Pajeda versus or Anzang. Zhang. Um, kind of, you know, you don't know what goes on backstage, but you kind of want to see other people get some shine when it comes to the of the performances. You know, those guys at the top of the card to make a lot of money. So uh, I hope that they wet some whistles there behind the scenes.
0: They always do. They always do. But yeah, right, like maybe Chris Gutierrez. Certainly, some guys. Ryan Spann. Michael Trezano bonus ineligible for missing weight. But yeah, uh, they did award
3: the champions with those bonuses. You're right. Uh, And putting in a final note on the Frankie KO, you know, John, obviously you got the cans in, so I don't know how much nat sound you get, but I've never heard an arena go quiet after a knockout. You know, usually there's some people cheering, but MSG was dead silent when that knee hit. It was crazy. It was a crazy sight to see.
0: No, it was eerie, and I probably should have given more thought to how i was going to call that moment i don't even know what it sounded like but yeah you're, you're sort of not trying to uh take a, a moment away from gutierrez but obviously the edgar story was sort of looming over the whole thing so.
3: yeah um so personal highlights for me uh obviously was able to meet your brother jay me and jay spent some time yeah, together yeah. Did you remember the show live here i got i get to break bread with the Annick twins um walking the streets in new york you know and, uh, jay was fucking with people all the time uh not all the time a couple of times you know people were like hey john what's up it's just like he <laughs> was
0: wearing like a beanie and he kind of cut the hair around his ponytail so he looked more like me than ever and he had <laughs>
3: It was great. It was a good yeah. time. So, uh, I'm going to rattle through some of these. I just want to get both of your reactions. There were a lot of fight announcements, you know, a lot of things that are coming down the pike for the UFC. UFC 2 84, Perth, Australia, Makachev versus Volkanovsky. You know, give me your initial thoughts on that fight.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seemed like Volkanovsky was going to get that opportunity, right? He weighed in twice as a backup in his UFC career. And I think this was the impetus for that. And he deserves it, you know. Uh, Certainly now Poirier, I think, is excited because he's never fought Islam Makhachev or Makhachev to get through Volkanovski. Um Kenny, you also saw the interim featherweight championship get announced. Josh Emmett, Yaya Rodriguez on the same card. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think as long as they're moving things forward at for, at featherweight, Volk is is as worthy of a chance to become a double champ as anyone. Is he not, Ken Flo?
1: Yeah, listen, I, I think from a skills perspective. Skills perspective, he might be the most skilled out of any of the fighters or champions in the UFC. I'm talking about Volkanovski. Yeah, um, but he's going against another guy like like a Habib Nurmagomedov. That in his skill set, there are few that can challenge him. There. That's what makes this fight so fascinating. Get a guy who's so good in one very specific area going against a guy who's so good in all other areas. So. Uh, I love the fight. Uh, I'm going to be uh, watching and taking notes for sure. Two of the best uh, in there. And and again, who doesn't love uh, when you have two champions going at it from two different uh, divisions? It's a tall task for Volkanovski because he's going against a guy in Mahashev who is a very big 155-pounder, whereas Volkanovski, not the biggest 145-pounder. But if there's someone out there from a skills perspective who could do it, it's Volkanovski.
0: And I'm so happy for Josh Emmett and Yair Rodriguez. Emmett playing the long game, battling through injuries. The fact that he's going to get to fight for a title. I mean, Emmett could tear both his knees up in training. He's making that walk in Perth, no doubt about it. And good on him. And Yair Rodriguez, too. You know, another guy who hasn't found himself in a UFC title fight. I can't wait for that fight. Arnold Allen, obviously the odd man out, but his time's going to come. You know, I think he might be the best featherweight in the world right now next to Volkanovsky. So we'll see.
3: Well, and I think good on the promotion as well, because obviously these champion versus champion situations kind of does put the divisions in flummox. But having that on the same card, I think, is just a great matchmaking decision. So it makes their lives a little easier, I think.
0: Shout out to Sean Shelby, who texted me on show day that he literally got it done that day. So way to go, Shawnee.
3: Awesome. Put in that work. Uh, So Dana in that UFC 281 press post-fight presser did get a lot of questions. Um, It it was a pretty funny post-fight presser if you caught any of it. But uh, he did say that Francis versus Jones is likely 2023 for the next fight. You know, what do you guys think of that?
0: Let us pray. Let us pray.
1: Uh, I hope it it happens. I would love to see it happen. Um, I I think uh, that'd be a fascinating fight and a huge fight
3: yeah um one final note um just from the fighter region i guess is uh kane was released on a million dollar bail so congratulations to uh to kane you know we wish him all the best uh in his legal battles
0: yeah thank you cody there was a judge that is now in the picture that wasn't before and that's uh that was the impetus for him getting out certainly not out of the woods yet but uh it stands to reason that this bail was never going to happen so the fact that he was able to get out is absolutely huge and all you really need to know right now is that he's with his family and uh i don't want to say like cooler heads prevailed because maybe it sounds insensitive it's not as though he is like a wholly innocent man but thankfully there was a judge that got involved that actually understood some of why this happened so thank goodness kane's a free man at least right now
3: that's why Bell's in place, right? You know? Yeah. Uh right, so Hang on, yeah. I, I got one you last said thing. One final note. You no, know I know. I, I got like, a hard out at four, so go. All right, uh, Aline Pajada making her MMA debut on Friday, the sister of Alex Pajada. Oh, uh, 32 yeah. years old, um, LFA 147 in Sloan, Iowa. She's got a 6-2 and two kickboxing record, coming off a loss against Tiffany Van Soist, who's like the best kickboxer yeah, of all yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, at 125 pounds, no amateur experience, but... She has a UFC champ as a brother. Who gets a title shot or a title win first? Aaron Blanchfield or Aline Pajeta?
0: Oh, God. I don't know. I mean, Fuff, I would right? have just seen. I mean, oh,
3: saying, Aaron Blanchfield,
0: saying. who's in no rush. Yeah. But yes, I'm glad you put that on our radar. All right, new episodes of the critically acclaimed UFC Fight Pass original series Fight Lore. Coming in early December, catch all of season one and stick with us as we cover the untold stories of Tapouts Charles Mask Lewis, the life and death of decorated wrestler Mark Schultz, and the groundbreaking career of Ronda Rousey coming up in December only on UFC Fight Pass. All right, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you all so very much for helping us in that initiative. dot podcast.com is the website for the show. One more sleep merch, millions.co, and don't forget Kenny Florian com as well. Rumble, young man, Rumble. We love you, Anthony Rumble Johnson. Thank you all for watching, listening, subscribing, and we'll talk to you next week. Until then, you'll later. Trademarks owned by Becklass AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.